Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. Today, we are talking all things fundraising. According to Neon CRM, the winter months are reported to be the best fundraising months. November actually accounts for 46% of annual giving and December 30% of annual giving. There is even a global movement, hashtag Giving Tuesday. However, with tax returns in spring, that can also be a good time to fundraise as people have cold hard cash in hand and can often be more likely to give to various causes. Now, if you take part in annual events such as 5Ks or 10Ks, half marathons or other fundraising events for nonprofits, chances are the beginning of the year you're going to start putting together things on your calendar to take part in. But when do you start promoting and raising funds for such events? Well, today we have special guests. Reagan Erickson and Jen Morano Tucker from Huntsman Cancer Institute with us to speak all things fundraising. Now, Jen Morano Tucker is the director of events with Huntsman Cancer Institute. She actually got started in fundraising in 2002 while she was working with the Utah Arts Festival as they're overseeing their Art Attack 5K race. And as a graduate of the University of Utah in commercial recreation, hospitality, and tourism, that program, career in the sports event just seemed like a perfect fit for her. She then learned from firsthand how to run large-scale events from beginning to end from some of Utah's best event managers while working as the assistant race director for the Salt Lake Marathon their first year. Now, what's interesting enough is during that first year with the Salt Lake City Marathon, their charity happened to be Huntsman Cancer Foundation. Now, why I mention that is while working at the marathon, Jen's dad was diagnosed with cancer, and he soon became a patient at Huntsman Cancer Institute. She saw through that experience the amazing care and attention that he received, And she knew that 100% of all the dollars Huntsman received went to research. Of course, this ignited her passion for the cancer research and the expertise that Huntsman brings to the region. So what did she do? In 2008, she joined the Huntsman team. Welcome, Jen. We're so excited to have you with us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And congratulations on 13 years this month with Huntsman. That's awesome. Thanks. They're never getting rid of me. (laughs) That's good. I'm sure they're glad. (laughs) Now, I've got to ask you what I'm sure all listeners are wondering, and that is, how is your dad doing? He's doing great. He had skin cancer, and they have an amazing program. He ended up losing his ear. They have a really great program at Huntsman where they actually make prosthetic facial features. So he has a fake ear you'd never know unless he forgets to glue it on. Wow. Nothing seems to amaze me at Huntsman. They are amazing. With that, Reagan, you are in your second year with Huntsman Cancer Foundation. Now, Reagan participated in her first charity 5K in college, and she was hooked. She thrived on the energy of being surrounded by a community and and everyone working together for the same goal. And then she went on to complete her first half marathon. And after that, she just knew that that was the industry she wanted to work in. So after graduating with her bachelor's in communication from Utah State University, she then went over to Utah Valley University and worked with students on planning professional and recreational events. She even received the opportunity to come work with Huntsman Cancer Foundation through that and doing fundraisers and working with volunteers. Of course, she jumped at it. So welcome with us, Reagan. Holly, I'm excited. Now, Reagan, I love how you described coming to work at Huntsman Cancer Foundation as the best of both worlds. What do you love most about working in this field of fundraising? Oh, it's so fun. And I already mentioned the good energy from being surrounded by the best people. I think my favorite thing, though, is 
working with volunteers and fundraisers, I am amazed as I get to learn people's stories. They are full of such strength, and they I just find myself in awe of the perspective that they have from you know, the life events that they've had to go through and the motivation and commitment they have to the cause. They are amazing. Absolutely. Now, both of you working with the Huntsman Cancer Foundation, I love it that we have a fresh perspective and we have the years of expertise in this. And and Huntsman especially is such a reputable institution. What should we be looking for in organizations to support when we're wanting to either get involved in fundraising ourselves, of being a part of the actual events, or if we're looking for just a a place to donate our money as a business or as an individual, what should we be looking for? That's a good question. On the side of like you being personally involved, it's what you're passionate about. You know, with my dad being a patient, Huntsman was a passion of my cancer research. And so look for causes that are near and dear to your heart that have impacted your family. Then you can be a better spokesman for that organization when you are asking for donations or deciding where your dollars go. And also know that their charity is doing good with the dollars. A good charity that's stewarding your money in the right way will operate at 80% going to donations and to their cause and 20% on expenses for their events. Oh, that's great information. Now, do you have insight on that as well, Reagan, on coming into it and in some of that personal or, or company aspect, what businesses can look at? Yeah, I would add to Jen's, you want to look for the fact that they're a 501c3, which means they're legally recognized by the government as a tax-exempt nonprofit organization. And the other thing that I really loved about Huntsman is the amount of resources that they have for their fundraisers. So they recognize that people are newbies at this a lot, and they are there to help you and to make it a successful experience. So I think any organization willing to start you off on the right foot is, is one that you want to work for. Absolutely. Now, that was great, Jen, the statistics you gave us, 80% donations to their fundraising, 20% on expenses. What other red flags should we be watching for when looking for a group to work with? Well, a lot of people don't know that the Better Business Bureau actually rates charities. So you can go in and see, you know, has this person, you know, received really bad reviews and a really bad grade. Also, if you go to events and it just feels like it's more pomp and circumstance than than actual fundraising, overspending on events, and not everyone will be able to see that very well. Also, one other thing is seeing that if personal fundraising on, on for personal's personal expenses and you don't know this person personally, but someone had forwarded and forwarded and forwarded in social media, hmm. you know, check to see because sometimes, sadly, people are pretending to have an illness and, yeah. and, and pretending to be in need. And especially, you know, at certain times of year, like you mentioned, the end of year when people are, you know, looking to spend a little more dollars on donations and or maybe have a little bit more money as that comes into tax season or, yeah. you know, stuff like that, then then um, there's a lot more predatory people asking for money. Absolutely. Now, Jen, what are the most effective ways to raise money? Ask. I mean, that's really the number one thing. I remember when I started here, I, you know, I thought if I was going to ask people to fundraise for us, I was going to join the team. I was going to run with the team and I was going to fundraise. But I was really nervous that people would not like me or be mad or whatever. And so I really just sent an email to 25 people that knew and loved me. And no matter what I sent them, they would still love me. And you know, some people gave, some people didn't. I had people that shared their stories on why cancer research was important to them. Friends I'd had for years, I had no idea they lost a parent or lost a sibling. And some people just encouraged me and said, good luck. And, and so really ask is the, is the biggest thing and sending an email, 90% of people who raise funds, like for example, if they're doing a peer-to-peer fundraising, like a run or a ride is raised just through asking in an email or a text message. 
Wow. Okay. Now, Reagan, you came into this fundraising arena and in, in industry and in raising your own funds for the different events that you were a part of, especially the half marathon that, that really got you involved in it. So what tips from maybe a, a personal fundraising angle would you have to give to us? Yeah, I think Jen hit on the number one, which is just not being afraid to ask. I would say that you want to start by making a list of potential donors. So include the people you know, and then like Jen said, just reach out to them, whether that's an email, phone call, or text. Um, a good way to also do it is start by making a donation yourself. Jen's a really good example of this, that, you know what I mean, walk the walk as much as you talk the talk kind of a thing. And if you've done that, then you don't have to feel bad asking others to match it and being consistent with it, really. You know, if you ask one person each day to make a contribution and let's say they give $20, you know, you've raised $100 in less than a week. And that's really motivating to help you keep going, just those small, those small donations. Right. A couple other things, social media, you know, that is the world we live in. And if your audience and friend group is on that, then definitely utilize that tool. If they're not, another great way that I think is just, you know, any meeting or, or circle that you're involved with, ask for a few minutes to be on the agenda. And I know that's kind of scary, but if you explain why you're participating and oftentimes there's a personal touch as to why you are involved in this cause, you know, you share your story or the story of someone else. And I think you'll be surprised that, that the people around you want to support you and this cause. And it really just takes leading out. Absolutely. I, I love what you just mentioned on the story, connecting with their story and hearing the the involvement on why that's so passionate to them. I, I think that helps just connect the donor even more and want to give because not only do they want to give to, to support that organization, but they want to give to, in a way, support your story. Yes, exactly. And I think the biggest thing too that we cannot forget, and we always stress this um, at Huntsman Cancer Foundation with our fundraisers, is that thank your donors. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our cause and everything that's going on, we forget to thank the people that have helped us get there. And if we don't thank, you know, they won't give when you participate in your second year or whatever it is. So Absolutely. Please, please thank them and let them know how much their support has meant to you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. What are some of, the, some of the biggest challenges when trying to raise those funds for a nonprofit, both from a nonprofit point of view, what's hard to raise monies for an organization such as Huntsman, as well as the actual person participating in the, the fundraising? What is, what's some of the challenges that they might face? Yeah, that's a great question. From a nonprofit point of view, I think the biggest challenge is getting people to invest and take ownership in the cause. You know, nonprofits don't course participation. They try to incentivize and provide meaningful experiences in exchange truly for the effort that their donors or fundraisers are giving. And the challenge then becomes, how do you give enough back to your fundraisers that they feel like their efforts are worth it, but also maintain that sustainable platform that's truly profitable, like Jen mentioned earlier. Right. Um, the key then, right, is trying to get people out of that transactional mindset of what can we get back for what we're giving and really foster that intrinsic motivation to have people participate just on the virtue of the mission alone. I think from, you know, an individual participating, the challenge is, is essentially the same. You realize you can't make the kind of change that you want to alone. Mm -hmm. You need help from others. 
And so you then have to find effective ways to spread the word and find support. And the people who are often the biggest champions of the cause are typically those who have seen firsthand why there's such a need for this cause or why there's a need for change and help. And your challenge then is to instill that same sense of urgency and passion that you have because of your experiences to those who maybe haven't been personally impacted. And that comes again from the connection and sharing your story and and helping them to see the why behind this cause. Love it. Love it. Now, you also hit right on the, the marketing call to action. You, you want them to step up and take action immediately to, for the idea to stay fresh and, and not fall on deaf ears, which I think leads into a, a perfect question on every listener's mind of how how long does this fundraising campaign typically last? I mean, we, we've seen the campaigns that last an entire year long, and, and it just seems to, to, again, fall on deaf ears. So what is that sweet spot of a campaign fundraising time? I think a lot of that depends on what type of event they're doing. For example, we have folks that do marathons for us and that training period is 25 weeks. If that's over the holidays, for example, a lot of folks have said, you know, for Giving Tuesday, please donate to my page Mm -hmm. and or in lieu of a Christmas gift, will you please donate to my page instead of giving me a $20 or $5, you know, gift, whatever that is. Right. Um, And then when you go with the 5k, you need to keep that energy up. Most people do not train for a 5K. And <laughs> and with that, you need that to be 30 days and keep that countdown. Um, I've seen a lot of people on both marathon and, and shorter events where they post every week, and it may not be amounting to a, t- a ton of dollars each week, but every week they say, you know, here I am in minus eight degree weather running my 10 mile run and there's icicles on my eyelashes, mm-hmm. but it, it's another way to show I'm putting my, my money where my mouth is and I'm doing the work and it's kind of re reinforcing the passion of why you have what you have for that cause. And so same with the 5k, that countdown, it's, we're getting, we're getting closer. This is for, this is for mom. This is why we're doing this and reminding them of their purpose every single time and keeping that pace fast. Right. And again, highlighting on capturing that story and then bringing in the tool that Reagan was sharing of social media. I like how you put that. That's great. Now looking at when we're giving to various charitable contributions, what can be written off? That there seems to be just some confusion there of, okay, if I'm giving $20, can I write off $20 or what does that look like? Yeah. For example, like a Huntsman Cancer Institute, um, any online donation, any check, any cash, that's all a charitable get a donation. For example, some people own a business, they own a massage therapy or they own a restaurant, they give gift certificates, that's considered an in-kind gift, but it's also a write-off. Um, the things that usually don't count as charitable donations are, like we had mentioned, a, a gift to a person who's, you know, their personal um medical bills or, you know, stuff like that. And, or sometimes through a community group is doing a fundraiser for another charity and you give directly to that community group. Since they're not considered a legal 501c3, that also won't be considered a write-off. Okay. What are some ideas, Jen, that you would have on, on how companies can get involved in raising money for these nonprofits? Yeah, so we have a ton of companies that get involved in our sporting events. Um, and the great part is, is they make it as part of, you know, a wellness program tied into a charity. And, you know, there's usually a why involved. Maybe the boss's, you know, child is going through a cancer treatment right now. And the really great part is you can, you know, everyone loves a good spirited competition. So you can pit kind of sales against marketing and who can raise the most money and or who can get the most steps or who can ride the most miles. And so that's a really great way for companies to get involved. And a lot of times the entry 
point is pretty low. They pay the registration fee or half the registration fee. They can work directly with us on what works for that company, big or small. You know, a lot of times the companies will give fundraising incentives. You know, if they raise $10 in this week, they'll match that $10. So just making it fun. Now, Reagan, you had shared with me before some wellness programs that companies might have. So can you share with us some of those other resources? Yeah, like Jen mentioned, if companies, you know, if not everyone has a strong why, they want to have a selfish angle to get involved, right? And so maybe that's that you have personal wellness goals. And so companies can really tap into that of, you know, you have physical goals and we're going to be partnering with this charity. And if you do these, you know, you get discounts for insurance. I don't know. There's different angles that companies can take it, but there's a lot of good options out there. Another really good thing is match programs. You'd be surprised at the number of companies that when their employees make a donation, the company will match it. So your $25 gift just turned into a $50 gift. And Jen and I actually have a list of companies uh, locally that do that. And and we'll give that to you, Holly, so that you can link in. Absolutely. Uh, Listeners can go on and look. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised at the great options that are out there. That's awesome. Now, what other resources, I mean, you guys have mentioned some some great tools, but what other resources would you suggest when fundraising? I think it depends on where you spend your time. For example, Reagan mentioned social media. Yes. If you are on, on you know Instagram all the time, that is a great tool for you to use because you already have people following you and you have a viewership. If you're never on there, it won't do much for you. Um, if you have family and friends that are all around the world and to keep in touch, you're all on Facebook, that is a great tool. Something I feel like is overlooked, um, I mentioned earlier, is texting. If your people are texters, which is awesome, send your link. Your link will go in and when they click on that link, it'll automatically go, you know, your link, if you had a personal fundraising page, sorry, you send that link and then there it goes. Or if you say, you know, you know, my family this year is deciding to, you know, have a passion for, you know, cancer research or for the MS society, then you can then put that link on there. So it can go, people can go directly to the cause that you're passionate about. Hopefully the charity that you're working with has, you know, videos or, content of their own that they have made so you can share and so hopefully they've taken that legwork out and have those nice videos that have statistics and the information that you might not be armed with yourself is coming into this new utilize what they already have because that's powerful yes and I think you hit on that also it kind of goes back to the credibility of the organization too I think any credible organization is going to have that material to be able to provide for you the statistics to be able to assist you with so that's perfect now has there been a creative way that somehow stood out to, to either of you during your years in the industry as well as during your years participating as a, a participant yourself? Yeah, the people I've seen is that they're using their passions and their talents to raise money. We had a woman who was an amazing seamstress, and so she just put out to her people that said, I will mend your clothes for a $20 donation and, and kind of put a scale. And so she did like 30 pairs of pants. She hemmed a pair of pants and she made a couple thousand dollars. If you're handy, you know, you'll do an hour of handiwork for a $50 donation. Um, we have a really great charity that, or sorry, great, great group that does a fundraiser for us. It's called Cancer Bites. And they basically said, well, we like scary movies. And how can that be a fundraiser? Well, what they did, they do is they take it to here in Salt Lake City. They do a tower theater. They rent it out and they show a scary movie every year. They do an auction, but they've raised, you know, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars annually because of a, a passion of for scary movies. It's just such a cool, you know, way where they just ask the question, how can my skills 
push the needle on research. That is awesome. Those are some great ideas. I had never even thought about that. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Any other tips for our listeners? I think what Jen said, hit on what you're passionate about and play to your own strengths. Uh, I also think checking with your employer about their potential match option is such an easy way to do it that you might not even know is available. And also, most importantly, maybe is just don't be afraid to take charge and lead out. So, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to bring a cause to the table and let your friends and family know. And a lot of people are happy to hop on board. It just takes one person to be the leader. And I would jump on what she just said. One person can make a difference. You know, you can go to your you know, company, your friend group, and you can say, you know, this is my cause and this is why. And that could become your whole company becoming involved. We had an amazing woman. She's a junior high coach here in Utah. And she had breast cancer, you know, went through you know, the treatment. But instead of just sitting down and saying, I can't do anything, she thought, I'm a coach. We can do a pink game. And this now, and I don't even remember what year she started, but this now has led to over a million dollars in donations for breast cancer wow. research. Coolest part, she's empowered these young women that are on her volleyball team and her softball team and her soccer team and, you know, everything at basketball to say, I can make a difference. This is incredible. It's called Swing for Life. It's, it's their own nonprofit, but they fundraise for us here at Huntsman Cancer Foundation. I love that. And and I love the whole concept of getting others involved. I I read a book by Rodney Bullard of Heroes Wanted, and he mentions in that the best part of way of of you making a difference is to actually gather others around with you to make a difference and and pass it on to to teach them how to do it, to involve them in it, and to basically empower them to to take it on. So that's awesome. I love that story. Now, if you could go back, both of you, I'm in such encouragement that you just shared right there, but if you could go back and encourage, inspire, or equip yourself as a child, what would you tell your young self? I I liked this question when you posed it to us. I I, I would love to tell every child, you can do big things. You have, you know, we've seen so many examples of kids starting around the world, community gardens, large scale, you know, um, food and clothing drives to send all around the country and out of the country. And just because you can't drive or vote yet doesn't mean you can't make a huge impact in this world. Right, right. How about for you, Reagan? Well, first, I have to do a shameless plug off of what Jen said, because Holly, your daughter, Allie, (laughs) is a prime example of this. And for our listeners, Allie is 13 and raised over $4,000 for Huntsman Cancer Institute this year at one of our sporting events. This is her second year, I believe, participating with us and their whole family's involved. But Allie's point in case to what you said, Jen, that, you know what I mean, she's 13 and she had her plan and she executed it. I know she went to neighbors and, and all sorts of things. And yeah, amazing. So examples in small forms right there. To the question, I guess if I could go back, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning a lot, <laughs> I would uh, remind myself to, to trust myself and to have confidence in the gut feelings that you have. So mm-hmm. when there's you know, an opportunity to move forward or a scary decision to be made that you're not sure what's on the other end, I think just, yeah, go with those, those gut feelings that you have and, and trust yourself even if it's scary because I think a lot of good things are on the other end of that fear. Yeah. Stepping out of our comfort zone. They're, they're growing pains for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. 
That's awesome. Now, listeners, I can tell you firsthand how fabulous Jen and Reagan are to work with and what a solid, reputable organization Huntsman Cancer Institute is. My father was diagnosed with multiple myeloma five years ago, and my mother with glioblastoma brain cancer last year. Both of my parents, both of them, have received treatment from Huntsman Cancer Institute, and the care that has been received there is just, it's top-notch. Each time our family has walked into Huntsman, which has been a lot of times, we have have truly counted our blessings that my parents have been able to receive their treatments there. Perhaps you're listening and saying, this is the organization I want to get involved with. As Reagan was mentioning earlier, this is near and dear to our heart. And uh, my brother years ago started with an event that Huntsman does and passed on the torch, as Reagan was mentioning to my daughter a couple of years ago. Uh, Huntsman holds this annual sports festival each year for walkers, runners, and cyclists to take part in raising funds to help find a cure for cancer. So I would personally invite you to to join the cause through the sports festival. You can take part in any state, and Huntsman Cancer Institute makes it so simple to collect donations and apply them to your fundraising account. They truly have done everything that they've mentioned here. Social media, providing statistics, providing the tools and the resources, they just truly come alongside of you and make it so easy, but really are able to tap into that that passion of, of finding a cure for cancer and making a difference and doing it together. So Reagan and Jen, where can our listeners connect with you? Yes, we love that plug, Holly, and we hope that you feel passionate about this and will connect. (laughs) Um, The easiest way is go to HuntsmanCancer.org. I'll say that again, HuntsmanCancer.org, if you just want to find out more information about the Institute. And then if you are interested in getting involved in our events, which we would love, go to HuntsmanHeroes.com because all of our fundraisers are heroes in our eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us today. And on behalf of me and my family, thank you. Thank your team. Thank you for all that you're doing with Huntsman to fight cancer and hopefully find a cure for such a horrible disease. You and your team, your work does not go unnoticed. And you make such a difference in so many lives. So thank you for being with us today. And thank you for the work that you are doing that truly is an impact. Thank you, Holly. So much. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y dot com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.